Do you need me to do three, two, one, clap? If you want. Okay. Three, two, one. That was a loud clap. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Life is Sweet podcast. I thought you were wanting me to say it for there for a second. You can say it if you want. No, that's fine. You did good. <laughs> yeah, I can do things. Mm-hmm. I'm good at doing things. Absolutely. I'm good at doing lots of things. I do all the best things. <laughs> oh, no, not this again. Well, why not? <laughs> if you got it, it's a good line. Uh, John is practicing his um, dad skills, his sounding like a dad skills. <laughs> now he's practicing his not knowing what to say next skills. That's right. On air, I'm revealing to John that he's going to be a dad. Holy shit, my mind is blown. This is incredible news. I had no idea this was happening. Brand new. Oh my god. Brand new what news. am I going to do? My life is over. Uh, etc. I'm I'm so I mean I'm so excited. <laughs> this is great. This is awesome. Uh, hooray, we've, uh... hip, hip, hooray. We've <laughs> finally gone and and done it. <laughs> we've, take, we've, take that uh, world. Um, I have oh procreated. Okay. You have to deal with it with another generation of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you Calm you tried down. to stamp me out, but I've survived. That's just chill out. Okay. Um, uh, anyway, um, what? No. What's what's going on here? Okay. The big news. <laughs> it's winter again. <laughs> yeah, that's the big news. The the spring tried to happen. But uh, winter came Fail. came and uh, crushed it. Mm-hmm. So we've got winter again, storm of the century. Uh, didn't really happen. Uh, got a big storm, though. Everyone ran out and panic bought the toilet paper and the gasoline. And, uh, it was and more the milk. Stuff. Milk was the big one. And milk. Yeah. Uh, just, and then uh, when the blizzard was only like a regular-sized big blizzard... Uh, got all upset at uh, John the Sauter. weather people <laughs> yeah. uh, for their own stupidity. Uh, it was a big big storm in a lot of places. It was, it was a big storm it was here pretty, in Winnipeg, too. It was a but. big storm for here. I think we, and we got the forecasted um, low-end amount. Uh, it was pretty big out in western Manitoba. Um, we got less here in Winnipeg because there was a bit of a lull. Um, that they didn't get out in Western Manitoba. They just sort of got hit continuously. So there's some parts of of Manitoba out west that got almost a meter of snow in two days. So that ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. Pretty big. Mm-hmm. Flood a coming. I don't think it is coming because oh, okay, uh, apparently it's just not getting above 10 degrees uh, before May. So right. I think well, there will be a flood when it stays like... It's going to stay like zero and wintry until May and then it'll the weather will abruptly switch and then it'll be plus 20 and then all the snow's going to get I think well I think we're I think we're avoiding the big flood because the river's going to have time to to drain a little bit before uh, any of this starts to melt in a meaningful way. Yeah, maybe we'll be okay. Maybe not. <laughs> Who knows? No one really knows. But it's April. It's actually uh Whatever. It's Easter Sunday today. Yep. April 2022. And it's snowing and there's more snow on the ground. It's one of the I latest think we're supposed Aprils. to get like another 15 to 20 centimeters next week. Yeah, it's snowing well. right now. Yeah, it's snowing right now. Um, I was briefly able to see the garden beds, uh, but that time has passed. Uh, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Can't see him again. 
Um, yeah, I'm getting a little bit, uh, I'm tired of it. I, um, I was, I was just starting to get excited about like, oh, garden stuff. Um, I love it. John loves it. Uh, we've are. I don't want to transition out of winter. We're of two minds on this. Um, I would like to be able to do garden stuff as <laughs> mentioned before. Uh, we are expecting. Wait, Jill's pregnant yes. and is expecting a child. Yeah, we. By me. We are expecting. We are expecting a child. John is also expecting this child. I'm also expecting this child. Yes. Um, so we've both known since New Year's, uh, New Year's Day, I think is when I tested. So um, four and a half months along, got, I'm halfway through. Tested positive for baby and tested positive for COVID. That's right. Not at the same time. Not at the same time. John has learned a lot in the last few months about how you can test um, false negatives, but not a false positive on both types of tests. Um, there's been a there's been a learning curve. Um, I haven't tested positive for anything. No, I, John has tested negative for everything. I have tested positive for everything. So uh, it was actually kind of funny. Um, we. I uh, only started trying last fall, I guess. Uh, we've been waiting years and years and years um, for me to have any sort of permanent contract. And I have a 50%, which is still not ideal. But last year, um, I also had a uh, precancerous lesion. <laughs> Listeners of the show, all two of you <laughs> will remember to last year um, when I had a Pre-cast. There's at least 15 people that live <laughs> yeah. throughout the when world. I had, I had a brush with cervical cancer. Luckily, it was uh, very treatable. Um, and now they monitor it very closely. Pre- pre-cancerous lesion. Yeah. You, so you didn't actually get into the cancer they just, category. They just lasered that little sucker off. Have but we talked about this on the podcast we ha- before? I think we did. I think um, so. at the At the time, it was a little bit scary, though, because uh, I'm 35. John's 40. Uh, so we 41. I know how old you are. <laughs> I know how old you are. Stop looking at me like that. Um, you could have just was, said 40. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then uh, it was sort of like, oh, oh, did we wait too long? And now we can't. Um, yeah, all my sperm's dried up. Well, and I also had some anxiety. Well, I have anxiety about everything. But I had some extra anxieties just being like, oh, neither of us have ever tried so we don't know if all the equipment is functioning in the way that it should. And I have lots of friends and acquaintances. Oh, we, I knew. Well, whatever. You didn't know that your guys were, you know, doing their job. Pretty good idea. <laughs> Feeling the best I ever have in my life. I'm in the best shape of my life. Okay. I'm well, in top peak Sometimes peak it condition. doesn't matter. Extremely, I'm extremely virile. <laughs> I mean, you might... Not like it, but this is what peak male Let performance looks like. Let me finish my story. Okay. Um, so, of course, you just, you know, if you don't, you don't know. I have lots of friends who've dealt with fertility issues and know lots of folks. Uh, it doesn't always matter how healthy you are, um, right? Things can just be not, not where you want them to be. Um, and so it's just sort of untested territory and... As you get older, you're worried about all that sort of thing. And so there's a, a pervading, um, pervasive cloud for me of like, is this even going to work? Um, 
my mom took five years to get pregnant with me and my mom is like very much a straight shooter and not really like the comforting type of human and so anytime I talk to her she'd be like well remember I took five years to get pregnant she'd just remind me every time of how long it took her to get pregnant um so we were kind of like I don't know about you but I was like mentally prepared for the long haul of trying yeah I mean I don't like to I don't know I don't like to get my hopes up about anything. Yeah. Honestly, like Exactly, yeah. It's really it's really not worth it. I think we're both worst case scenario thinkers. Well, the worst case scenario happens more often for us than the best case scenario. <laughs> so, it's you just get uh, you just get trained to uh take take things as they come. Yeah. Basically, uh but like I think we're trying to be just just realistic, yeah, like, given yeah, we, our circumstances and our age and yeah. everything that like. Uh, as it turned out, um, we are in fact both very uh, able to conceive children, um, a lot more able than we were expecting, and so within three months of trying, that might have even been the second month of trying, uh, we hit the target. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, um, in December, I guess is when we would have conceived and, uh, we weren't really trying that hard, (laughs) I guess is why we were both a little surprised. We were just sort of like, kind of thinking like, well, you know, it might be nice to, if we could get pregnant before the end of the school year, that kind of thing. Uh, and, uh, then over sort of over the break, I, I wasn't telling John this, but I was kind of like, Ooh, I, I don't know, I was like cramping in a weird way and I'm feeling a little tired, like, I don't know, feeling a little weird. Um, you get some tenderness uh, in your boobs kind of like right away as it turns out. And uh, by the time we sort of came back to Winnipeg for New Year's, um, I had an idea that I was probably pregnant. No, no morning sickness or anything. And then I got the tests. I did the first one, and I was like, "John, go look at this." Um, and he's like, mm, "No, that's not real." <laughs> Anyone can fake those things. <laughs> he's like, you "That's never know. false positive." I was like, "No, it's they only do false negatives. You don't, you don't get a false positive on any of these sorts of tests." Uh, but I did, uh, the, the test packs come in um, packs of two, so I waited a week, and I did another test, and it was even stronger, so um, it was clear that I was on the nest. Pregnart. Pregnart, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's kind of been, you know, first few months of, uh, again, being very real- realistic, you know, that there's lots of things that can happen, and... Um, my mom and my grandmother both had lots of miscarriages for a very specific reason. They have a blood type, uh, like an RH blood type, that um, if the baby doesn't match it, their bodies will reject, like their ba- their bodies will attack. Um, so just kind of mindful of that. Uh, but I don't have the same blood type. Um, so yeah, we were just sort of like not getting too hot and bothered about it, but doing all the things you need to do, eating better. Um, well, I was very uh, first trimester. I wasn't like doing the classic throwing up in the morning. I was more just sort of like nauseous all the time um, and sort of eating 
cucumbers and tea crackers and uh, taking my baby vitamins and trying to (laughs) – Drinking my my under the recommended limit of caffeine, but still having to drink coffee to be able to have uh, the first trimester sleepies and nausea and still go to work and do my job and not be obviously like uh, trying not to be obviously unwell, um, because at that point, before you really want to tell people you're pregnant, you also don't want them to think you just have COVID and are hiding it, I guess. Um, so yeah, but we're, we're into the second trimester. Uh, people know whether or not I've told them, uh, it's becoming a little bit obvious. It's not a secret. Most people, I think everyone around us knows already. And, and folks at work know, and, um, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of getting to the point where, Unless I'm actively concealing it, it's pretty clear um, that I'm a little bit pregnant. Uh, I'm little on the round side. Little on the I'm begin, beginning to round up a bit, um, which will only accelerate in the next few weeks. So, yeah, things are good. We're starting to think about uh, the house. And uh, our house is pretty small, but uh, we can make it work for three people, I think. As long as one of them is tiny. <laughs> um, there's been three people living here before. Yes, there's been three fully <laughs> adult people living here before, so it's not outside the realm of possibility. Um, but we need to do a little bit of renovating and a little bit of uh, rearrangement of living um, quarters. Our floors are in a terrible state. Um, the living room's fine, but the kitchen is uh, a little bit horrifying. So we're just thinking of what to do what to do with the kitchen oh the fascinating and eternal question of uh, <laughs> vinyl versus laminate yeah Ooh, let's get into it let's deep let's delve deep no let's let's not no this isn't going to become a, a flooring no. podcast no we don't need to have that discussion um yeah we're just thinking about like how to well we john and i eat at our coffee table because it's just the two of us and i i grew up in a coffee table eating family we talked about this in yeah the last we've had episode, this discussion as, I, as discussed. T- I come from a t- table family yeah you come from the coffee table family yeah. i know I, I don't idealize like eating at the coffee table i our house is just pretty small but um when <laughs> you're just like horrifying to all the middle class <laughs> listeners of this podcast. Ever, all of my family and friends like, like, oh my god, yeah, you ate at the coffee table while watching TV. You heathens, yeah, you're literally the Simpsons, yeah, which was <laughs> you dirty unkempt. Um, heathens. well, like I said before, the one time we had space for a dining room table, we would eat there. Um, but anyways, uh, here, um, hoping to sort of create the space so that we could get like a gate leg or a drop leaf table, something that has like a narrow footprint, but can be folded out. Um, just because having a high chair at a coffee table, uh, is not ideal. Um, and I, I don't want, I don't want to be a coffee table family, uh, with a kid. I'd rather be a, a dining. I've adapted to the coffee table lifestyle. I like it now. <laughs> it's my 
preferred method of of eating. Well, our house is still small enough that the um that the future table will be in close proximity to the TV anyways. Um but yeah, just for like I mean, when you think about kids uh having um having the option at least for for a table space that you can fold out is good. Um we'll be looking to uh, we're trying to, one thing we'd like to do is maybe get like a little like Ikea, smaller apartment size, like corner sectional couch. Um, but the thing I am learning is that there is a couch like shortage um, in Canada. This is one of the things <laughs> oh that has been um, disrupted by the supply chain. Um, like I went on to Ikea and like, most of their couches are out of stock. Um, I mean, we're we're thrifters. We just haven't had time to be out and about kind of looking. So, um, and we've got time. So we're just sort of, uh, we're still seeing if anyone we know has something to sell or we'll try to hit. Um, Do the pitch, dear. Pitch it. <laughs> well, uh, maybe hit the... Um, like uh, the MCC in East Kildonan has a furniture sort of section. No, listeners, give us your couches. <laughs> no, it's just if uh, if you know anyone who is perhaps uh, upgrading the IKEA corner couch they got in university for their first apartment, uh, and it's in relatively good condition, it doesn't need to be pristine. We have two cats and are about to have a child. Uh, this couch is probably not going to come out the other side of things looking perfect. I also yeah. have lots of quilts uh, and things. And we that can't. Can go we certainly it. can't pay you what you paid for it. No, you're not getting back what you paid. No, for No, um, sort of one of the <laughs> okay, things. Okay, that puts us out of the running. Yeah, one of the things that's sort of also happening is that um, I have a point five permanent contract. I work at point eight three this year. It's a temporary top up, but uh, for the second year in the row. Um, my job is being attritioned away uh, so that class sizes can be made larger. So I... Why is it being... Why do they want to do I'm that? I'm not going into it. Okay, uh, it's because of funding cuts. Yes. yes. So due to uh, whatever... Um, Despite the front page of the free press, the uh, Manitoba <laughs> provincial budget is not for all Manitobans. No. In fact, they're... <laughs> It's hurting us yeah. directly, us two people. So um, I am still on the hunt for a new position for next year, um, but us two people and our unborn child. Yeah, just saying. I'm just angry about it. Okay, I'm done now. <laughs> and um, there's the you know the possibility that if I don't land up in a, a full time position um, contract for this year. Uh, that I would be going on mat leave at a 50%, uh, 0.5. And uh, that would mean basically we'd be relying on um, my income from EI, which anyone who has been on EI, you'll know that they um, they say 60% of your income, uh, but they also have a maximum, which does not equal 60% of my income. Um, so That's the neat trick that they put in there. Yeah. Pretty cool, uh, right? So there are economic uncertainties uh, for us in the next little while. Um, and yes, John can also get a job. Yes. It's not a problem. Yes. But anyone who's in the labor market, the job market at this time knows. It's not great. It's not great, and anyone who knows 
me and my type of job experience and skill set knows and sort of like uh i don't know a health and abilities is uh the uh the types of jobs even full-time that i would be able to get are likely uh let's just say compared to a full-time teaching position uh supplemental yeah at best yeah uh like um yeah like not potentially not even uh relevant to the so, situation yeah. to our situation we're it's poor not, folks it's not the end of the world i mean um for most of my life i've gotten by on a lot less so um it's like we'll be okay um it's just a, a question of like how okay will we be for the next year or for the first year when i'm on leave um luckily the due date lines up in uh sort of a very handy spot um the baby is due september 6th which tends to be the first day of school um so it makes it kind of like a clear uh clean calendar year um and of course we're hoping that everything goes according to plan there's lots of things that can go wrong um but yeah so we're we're just sort of like thinking about how to economize on making more space um in the in the house um lots of ideas i mean my my office upstairs will sort of be the baby headquarters um but uh i don't want to toss out all of my things that that i like my crafting things so be finding a balance there um the interesting thing about like our stuff and like downsizing and this like fetishization of the, like minimalism and this austere lifestyle is like you have a house as tiny as ours we don't have like a lot of like junk lying around no. our house is looks pretty full you do like knickknacks and heirlooms that's a thing but i have not they don't really take up a lot of space no. like the vast majority of shit in our house is useful things that we use to make other things that we need to use yeah <laughs> which is the ironic thing about like the fetishization about like downsizing closets, and living austerely like if we had um i just think about my cramp my grandparents did not have a giant house or anything but the bungalow they retired to uh in mooseman was like your standard like prefab bungalow it had uh like three bedrooms kitchen dining room living room um the basement was nice and big and open uh but they had like you know they had these closets in the hallway with that were like you know floor to ceiling closets with the bifold doors and like i was like if i had just those two closets that they had in their hallway i could put all of my crafting and photographic supplies and art supplies in there and still have room left over all the things that are currently filling that room if i had those two even one of those closets <laughs> i would actually have leftover space we could build a, a cabinet or something, but like that cabinet would be taking up necessary space. Yeah, it's so kind of. Um, we'll be storing. We're gonna put some things. You can't into, Marie Kondo uh, this shit away. No, and I, you know what? I have Marie Kondoed my life uh, in the past. I've gotten rid of actually quite quite well when John and I moved together, moved in together, like almost ten years ago now. Um, it was a gradual process, but uh, I, we've gotten rid of like you know, like 15 car loads of, of stuff. Um, I don't thrift or 
acquire nearly as many things as I used to. Um, often if something comes in, something goes out. It's just it looks more, like if you come into our house, it looks like we're hoarders, but yeah. we're really not. Yeah, if we had we're, two we're mostly not acquiring no anything. We're mostly producing things. Yeah, this, a few books, a few point. records here and there. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, but this is a we're very lucky, I would say, to um, just to add, like we're lucky we have a house, we have a place to live. Um, we don't have to have a kid in like a volatile rental market, which Absolutely. You know, renting is horrendous. There's so many folks that have been driven into homelessness uh, over the pandemic. It's, um, it's just wild, like the, the state of the world. And, and the price of house, like to buy houses now, um, I just don't, the, the people I know who are buying houses right now and, and um, you know, paying like four hundred thousand dollars for a house that went for maybe two eighty like three years ago. Um, I wouldn't. We wouldn't be able to afford no, our no, house no, in wouldn't. this neighborhood. No, uh, not at all. Today, <laughs> we we really like John really snuck um, in. Under even the if wire. you were working like yeah. full time as a teacher, even probably we'd both have to be like full time working professionals. Yeah, uh, to be able to to buy. A, like a six to seven hundred square foot house in the neighborhood that that we live in, which was when when I bought this house 10, 12 years ago, uh, we I bought it on my frontline support uh, worker yeah. set, uh, wage, mm -hmm. which was like fifteen bucks an hour fifteen years ago, which it still is now, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so imagine that. 15 years, relatively no, no, no pay increase or whatever. Uh, this house was worth, was on the market for $140,000. Five years ago, five years prior to me buying it, uh, it was on the market for $80,000. So already at that point, uh, I was pretty shocked about how steeply prices were rising. Yeah. And uh, now our neighbor's house, it's, there's, it's a little bit bigger the lot's a little bit bigger or whatever. Yeah. Uh, the house right next door recently sold for over $300,000. Yeah. Which would, which prices us out. I would, I would never be able to do it. We would never be able to do it. Um, oh, also about buying this house first, firsthand, wouldn't have been able to buy it without the first time home buyers program, right, yeah. which existed at the time. Uh, you could buy a house for zero, you could get a forty-year mortgage. Forty-year mortgage for zero money down. That's what that's what I did. That was yeah. the only reason I'd be able to access it. Mm -hmm. And my dad had recently got his uh, real estate agent's uh, certification. Right. Uh, and I believe he didn't charge us anything yeah. for fees yeah. on that. So without those things, uh, I wouldn't have been able to buy a house. Yeah. And those things uh, largely. They don't exist anymore. Yeah. The program that that I was able to access to buy a house, they canceled that like shortly after. I think within a year or two. Yeah. Uh, of me buying this house, so if that without that program, I, it wouldn't have happened. There would be no way that I would have been able to save up uh, for a down payment at all. Yeah. So I know this is something that people who have thought about buying a house. Younger people who are like, hey, wait a minute, uh, there's no way I can afford to buy a house. How is everyone around me also, how are they able to buy houses? 
well, you can kind of infer how they are able to buy houses. Um, let's just let's say there's uh, they have lots of familial help. Yeah. And if you don't have that, uh, you're not going to buy a house and you'll be subject to just like the caprices and whims of the horrific rental uh, industry. Yeah. Just incredibly, so just to incredibly bring it inhumane. Back. Okay, let's bring it back. Bring it back. Um, we... We like our little house. It's in a we good like location. Um, you know, it's one of those places where, um, similar to living in an apartment in a city, um, there's amenities close by. I mean, we're a block from the elementary school. There are large parks and playgrounds. Um, there's four playgrounds, I'd say, in like a three-block radius to us. So even though pretty neat. we, yeah, like our house might be small, there's lots of space there's lots of kids on our block that are always out like riding their tricycles or whatever out on the sidewalk. Um, it's a really kid friendly neighborhood. Uh, and, um, our, our little house is cozy and cute. And, uh, with some, some rearranging, which is something I like doing, um, it'll be very workable. I mean, my, my parents, um, when they had me lived in an apartment in Toronto, um, which was pretty small, uh, and then with my brother, so two kids. And then, um, you know, when my mom took us back to Mooseman, we lived in sort of a succession of, of rental housing of varying sizes. Um, but uh, I think the coziness, um, you know, when, when especially when babies are little, it's not as big of an issue. Probably the, the main thing is, you know, is just storage, is figuring that out, Um this house is just simply not built with closets. <laughs> Actually, the closet in our room is definitely a modern renovation. Uh, they would have made the bathroom smaller in our house to create a closet in our bedroom. Um, it probably would have originally either not had one and simply had a wardrobe in like a smaller bed or, um, or it would have had a smaller closet that they made bigger. Um, because our, I don't think our bedroom was the master bedroom. I think the back one was um, in in prior times. But that's a whole other thing. So yeah, we're um, we haven't. We'll draw you a picture of our, the <laughs> floor plan of our house. Um, we haven't made any major moves, but um, just already sort of started doing the mental Tetris. I mean, I kind of um, I'm starting to feel a little bit of the pressure just because now that I'm showing and feeling a little bit bigger. I'm realizing like, oh, there's a finite amount of time that I have to really do things in a, you know, before I start feeling like a T-Rex with like a giant body and tiny arms. Um, so that like my, my, uh, my time for being able to bend over and, and do things is, uh, I'm feeling the, the clock <laughs> ticking down a little bit. I'll still wheel you around. Yeah. Here. Like, I'll get out the wheelbarrow. It's just that at a certain point, I'm going to be relying on you to carry everything, like, downstairs. Like, we don't even we don't even have a rail. <laughs> we'll get one of those, like, uh, home chair lifts installed. I just need, we just need a slip and slide um, down the, down the stairs. Um, but yeah, so I think we're going to, we're going to store some things um, while our, in our, our, parents various parents basements um just some like maybe books or records like the the non-essentials um but that we don't have space for right now but don't really want to get rid of um i'll probably purge a few things i usually do um and then just sort of yeah start to mentally rearrange i still have a lot of um 
I have a lot of teacher things uh, that that need to. I can't really get rid of anything without a permanent contract. I'm not settled into a homeroom. Um, I have sort of materials from high school, teaching high school. I have materials from teaching elementary, and now I have a bunch of middle years things. Um, I'm happy to get rid of the high school stuff just because so much of that is online now. But the elementary stuff, like elementary is a hands-on teaching thing. I have all these things I laminated and all these teaching tools, just totes of them. Um, I can't really get rid of those yet. Uh, So they need to find a home. But uh, yeah, the mental Tetris is, it's real. I kind of like, I don't know, I like a nice rearrange. Kind of looking forward to it. But um, yeah, it's fun. You just move your stuff around from place to place. Yeah. Uh, Moving on from tiny house <laughs> life and where you're going to put your stuff, at the stuff, uh, the stuff merry baby. go around. Where are you going <laughs> to throw your baby? What pile of the stuff you're going to throw your baby on? Uh, what not? You don't lose your baby in your uh, in your nesting materials. I will not do. But that. you, uh, we, we, there was a spring break before winter started again. Yeah. Uh, and you, uh, you had COVID around that time. I how was that? COVID. How was that situation so for you? As- how did you get COVID? <laughs> so as soon as the mask mandate, as soon as the province dropped the mask mandate, as soon as the freedom convoy got won us all freedom and got the province yeah. to drop the mask so mandate. So two weeks before spring break. Thank you, freedom convoy. Yeah. Do we want to turn the furnace off? No. Okay. It doesn't matter with these microphones. Okay. Um, two weeks before spring break, uh, on a Tuesday of all days. The mandate, uh, mask mandate dropped. Um, a lot of students chose to kept, keep wearing them, uh, but enough of them chose to stop wearing them that there were some kids who were positive uh, in the classes that I was teaching. And uh, I think within... Like the mask mandate went down on Tuesday and by that Sunday I was experiencing uh, clear symptoms um, that I was unwell. We we went for... Were any other teachers uh, knocked out of commission yeah, pretty m- <laughs> in short order? <laughs> Many of them. Many so of them. I'm not... Yeah, I'm not alone. Um, uh, as some people who are listening may have experienced, um, especially with a lot of families experience this because their kids brought home COVID. Um, and so lots of folks who had avoided it for several years um, got it. And uh, so I, I got it. Um, I, I suspect, I mean, they're not doing PCR testing, so I don't know what strain I have. It seems like it was Omicron. Um, and you kind of know the method of trans the line of transmission. Yeah, I I know that there was obvious. a there was a specific student who um I can't give too many details, but they were positive in class. People who were because they reported that they were positive in class. Yes, they said that. Yeah, well, their friends that were also on their hockey team uh let me know. Bingo. And um so. There was somebody who was positive in class. Uh, their friends and teammates and classmates continued to be in class. Some of them did not wear masks. COVID is airborne. And I teach these classes in the basement, uh, which is not hooked into the fancy new ventilation not system. Not ventilated. There, it is, basement. There is no some, windows. There is some ventilation downstairs, but... Um, not the new upgraded ventilation. Not the new ventilation. Yeah. So, and uh, not adequate for for 
what was happening, obviously. Um, so yeah, I got it by, by that Sunday. I had a scratchy throat. We went out for a hike, uh, out by, were we in Grand Beach? Yeah, that was when we went to Grand Beach and we found a little camping trail. And as we were hiking, or a little hiking trail, and as we were hiking, it was the elevation was very mild, but being in the cold, my throat was getting scratchier and scratchier and more painful as the hike went on. And I was like, okay, I think this is a thing that's happening. And, um, but that evening I was still like, you know, I don't, you know, it's hard to make the call. I don't know if I'm, um, like I didn't, it didn't, my lymph nodes weren't swollen. So I was kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I woke up in the morning and I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm sick. Uh, fever, uh, sore throat, the whole nine yards. So I called in, um, I had a sort of, I didn't run a fever. I managed to keep it down. Of course, fevers are kind of the worst. Um, they're like the most dangerous aspect of getting sick when you're pregnant. Um, fevers can cause, cause damage if they get up over 102. Um, luckily I kept mine under a hundred. Uh, I sort of sat, I was in bed. Or even if you're not pregnant, like yeah. running that high fever, um, probably, you know, it contributes to some of the more like long, longer lasting lingering. Yeah. And this uh, is the first effects. time I've I, like, usually when I've, I've had a fever in the past, it's been concentrated around my, my throat, around like throat infections and things like that. Um, this is the first time I felt a fever in my brain. Um, this is very specifically like my brain was inflamed. You cannot take Advil or any sort of cold medication when you're pregnant. You can take Tylenol. Um, but I talked to the maternity nurse who just said to put, um, cold ice on my head. So, uh, I sort of alternated between having a, uh, cold bag of French fries and a cold pack, um, on various parts of my head for several days. Yeah. And like having, running a high fever when you're at any point is not something you really want to play around with, let alone when you're pregnant. Yeah. And like that's that's really like the high danger risk of our policy of now pretending the pandemic is over and just letting uh, letting COVID just run rampant yeah. uh, throughout society is like putting people like us, like me and Jill and our unborn child in danger. Yeah. Thank you, freedom lovers. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah. And then of course, um, your immune system is a little bit uh, suppressed when you're pregnant. Uh, your body is, doesn't want your, your, your body doesn't want to be attacking, uh, doesn't want to go into attack mode. Um, so it suppresses your immune system, um, to try to avoid attacking the baby. Uh, and so I, I picked it up. John did not get it. Apparently all. not. I might've I might have had it, but oh. I wasn't symptomatic, and I didn't test positive. Yeah, on old the iron, tests. iron wall John over here uh, did not immune system like a tank. Yeah, did not get. I'll it. come down with it next week. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I expect it was because like I would have had exposure for multiple points. Um, but the great just, thing about th something like, well, I mean, like COVID, like any of these types of airborne respiratory type viruses, like. Hey, you can get them multiple times, and there's more waves, yeah. and it'll get to mutate into uh, some sort of. So I was, I was weird, strange form. I was sick for. Which is lots of people are getting it mm -hmm. more than whatever. We're all max vaxed 
which is good. But like, yeah. you've, you know, uh, we know people who've had it multiple times and have had had to have been hospitalized. Yeah. So, I mean, I had pretty mild version. Had I been able to like just chug some neocitrin and coma my way through it, it would have seemed very mild. But because I couldn't really take meds uh, and just kind of had to sit there and take it, um, I was in bed for a good three to four days um, and then pretty tired uh, for a while after that. But by kind of by the next weekend, um, symptoms were, were receding and I was up and about a little bit more. Um, we postponed a trip to my parents, um, but we were still able to go. We went to Riding Mountain uh, during spring break. We had rooms booked and they were sort of rooms that were no contact where they just emailed you um, a code to get into your room. You could order takeout. So. And for those concerned, this was past the point at which you passed your contagion yes, point. Yes, I was so well past my contagious point. So, um, yeah, we were there for a couple days, did some hikes, just kind of chilled out, which was really nice. Actually, it was um, uh, rejuvenating. Um, and then once I was testing negative, uh, we were able to go to Saskatchewan and visit my parents. Um, I who am very bad at keeping secrets, managed to keep it under wraps from my mom, uh, which is tough because I actually tell my mom everything. Um, and uh, But it was her birthday. The baby secret. The baby secret. And so I, um, it was her birthday in March, mid-March. So I got her a t-shirt that said grandma on it. And then she got to open that. And she was like, <gasps> you know. Uh, very excited um, because she knew we were trying, but she also did not expect it uh, to happen that quickly. Um, and my mom just retired. So uh, I think she was very excited to have something to kind of look forward to and think about um, now that she's got a little more time on her hands. Uh, yeah, so that was really nice to, to go there and share that with them. Um, both my Both my parents were very excited um and then uh yeah it's it's kind of been just i think i'm 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 definitely back up to to energy levels but like it took it took a good 2 weeks i would say there was kind of the week i had covid and then even spring break we went for a hike but by the end of what was it like a 4 or 5 kilometer hike not a long one it's pretty short yeah, and it very seemed to like take a few weeks before you got your your energy. Yeah, I was still pretty lung capacity levels back. Yeah, up. Pretty. Are tired. you feeling like you're pretty back up to? I am. Yeah, uh, and uh, that's one of the things about like, yeah. I mean, people like long COVID deniers or whatever. Yeah, I've had like long lingering symptoms from oh, just your yeah. run of the mill like chest infections yes. or whatever. Both of us that develop I've... into pneumonia. Yeah, or have not necessarily full blown pneumonia but like i've had i've had chest infections that have lasted literally months oh yeah i think you so and, like you that's and the I, wild thing about people saying that yeah that that long covid doesn't exist it, of course it clearly exists oh yeah and you know it can and especially with the with a lingering fever thing i'll I've usually had, tell people i mean i had whooping cough as yeah an, as a preteen um, and I was sick for almost a year with whooping cough. Um, it was kind of whooping cough and then it became bronchitis and, um, my lung capacity never recovered before I had that. Um, my measure was always, I could dive into the deep end of our town swimming pool, 
like lengthwise and I could swim underwater in one breath almost to the other end of the shallow end. And uh, with the, I remember the first time I went back to the pool after being sick, I, um, I, I, couldn't, I could barely get out of the deep end in one breath. So it sort of cut things down and, and I would bike. I was a really active kid and I noticed just a severe decline um, and it, it never quite got back up. Like I'm not a, I can hike and walk for a long time. Um, but, uh, that sort of lung capacity for, for high intensity, uh, things has never really fully come back. And since that point I've had, um, you know, mild asthma, I've had chest viral chest infections like you've had that have also, I think not helped. Um, so like that, you know, that changed my whole experience of life from from that point and i was vaccinated against whooping cough it was just part of like an outbreak that happened um at that time in canada whooping cough still here folks yeah still real yeah um <laughs> so yeah i'm i of course you just kind of keep looking out but i i had it pretty mildly i was tired um but uh no real severe sort of symptoms um yeah, about two weeks. And then coming back to school, having been sick for a week, spring break for a week, you know, you're out of, uh, you're out of shape, uh, for even just like <laughs> spiritually out of shape, um, for teaching for a full week. So by the end of that week, I was pretty, pretty tuckered. Well, totally. I mean, that's another thing about people reporting like longer term cognitive issues with COVID as well is like having, Having a fever like rip through you for a couple of days really takes it out of you. Yeah. And especially um, like cognitively when literally yeah. you like your brain is cooking for, yeah. for a little while. I've, you know, I've definitely had like cognitive issues after suffering like from, you know, fevers related to like the chest infections and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Things that like moving up and down in your system. Uh, I mean, talking, we're not scientists or doctors but just talking colloquially anecdotally anecdotally with the norm with the regular person's words um like uh you know everyone knows like the feeling of the of the brain fog when you're when you're sick the sick feeling i've had that for months on end you know after after contracting an illness or a, yeah that type of illness so so you know, i kind of was like by the end of last uh yeah, by the end of, of the first week back, pretty tired. Um, last week was starting better. And then, of course, we got the big snowstorm, the canceled school. I still had to do online remote teaching. Um, so I was here at home um, just posting and doing Teams meetings. But uh, kids were fairly not engaged with that. I think a lot of families just sort of chose to take snow days rather than do remote learning. Um, and of course, you know, you can't move through, you can't move forward with curriculum um, when most of your class is not there. Uh, so it was pretty, pretty low key, just kind of keeping the kids engaged um, a little bit, gave them some like scavenger hunts and just things to do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, now I'll be going back for, um, kind of the rest of April is, is actually just shorter weeks. We have like parent teachers this week. Um, there's, yeah, there's various days, um, sort of off 
but uh so that's okay so that's your teaching life yeah coming up okay <laughs> um any other any other exciting things Doing a brand new dance And the White House social season Should be glittering and gay But here in Topeka The rain is a-falling The faucet is a-dripping And the kids are a-balling One of them a-toddling And one is a-crawling And one's on the way dollar pack And Debbie's out in Vegas working up a brand new act While the TV's showing newlyweds a real fun game to play But here in Topeka the screen doors are banging The coffee's boiling over and the wash needs a hanging One wants a cookie and one wants a changing and one's on the way what was I doing? Jimmy, get away from there. Darn, there goes the phone. Hello, honey. What's that you say? You're bringing a few old army buddies home. You're calling from a bar? Get away from that. No, not you, honey. I was talking to the baby. Wait a minute, honey. The doorbell. Honey, could you stop at the market and... Hello? Hello? Well, I'll be... The girls in New they all march for women's lib And better homes and gardens Shows the modern way to live And the pill may change the world tomorrow But meanwhile today Here in Topeka the flies are a-buzzing The dog is a-barking and the floor needs a-scrubbing One needs a-spanking and one needs a-hugging, Lord One's on the way Oh, gee, I hope it ain't twins again <laughs>